We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 4th, 2009. And today we're going to be playing some audio clips from Steve Quayle and Russ Dizdar regarding a recent interview they had. It was actually a three-hour interview, but I'm just going to be playing select clips. I went through, I listened to it once, and then I went through and listened to it again. There was a lot of appropriate things that they mentioned regarding the end times, the day and times we're moving into, regarding things like spiritual warfare. Russ Dizdar's been doing this a long time, so is Steve Quayle. And um, he, particularly Russ Dizdar, has a ministry where they're really dealing with some high-level Satanists, high-level generational Luciferians, um, high-level ones that actually, they take their religion extremely seriously regarding witchcraft and covens and, and, and spells that they, that they do. And tell you what, they see results. The church, for the most part, is asleep to these types of issues. Um, it's a little bit too, I guess, maybe militant for them. The average 501c3 corporate church in America is not doing anything to educate on these issues. But the Bible says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness and high places and powers. So that's really where our true battle is. And that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. And then it talks a lot about the, the word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword. And that it's part of the armor of God. And, and um, this is how Jesus Christ dealt with Satan in the wilderness, by essentially quoting scripture. And it, it relates to this subject... So I wanted just to play some select audio clips so we can kind of get an idea of maybe another aspect of Christianity and um, being a good soldier for Christ that maybe we weren't even aware of. But I truly believe that it's going to become, we're, we're going to need to be more aware of it. We're going to need to, how should I say this? We, we, we need to equip ourselves spiritually, through the, through the Word of God, uh, to deal with these types of issues. Because as I've said before, and as I believe the Bible clearly states, the coming one world religion, the essence of it, will be witchcraft. Let's face it, if you look at all the religions in the world, whether it be Catholicism, Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever ism you get, at the very top, and many times at the, at the lower levels, that's exactly what they are doing. It is witchcraft. Um, they're practicing this, but it's done behind closed doors. A, a lot of the things that go on in Catholicism is just nothing more than paganism repackaged. Hinduism, Buddhism, we have all your various deities and gods. Muslim, you know, they pray to Allah, who's the moon god. It's not the god of the Bible. It is witchcraft, but it's going to become more open. And we've got all of this conditioning with, with television, TV, Harry Potter, all of these wicked movies that they come out with, these horror movies, and and um, all of the really dark uh, rock music and, and uh, a lot of other music that's that's dark and as well. This is going to be one of the primary battles that we will face if you know if the Lord permits us to live another day. Okay. Um, Going into the day and times we're coming into, I think it's very important we equip ourselves. And you're going to hear from a couple people here that have been through um, 
a lot of experiences with this. Some of this is going to relate to the G20 meeting that just took place in Pittsburgh. Russ is going to be talking about that a little bit later. And I thought it would kind of be interesting. This will complement virtually every other teaching I've ever done. It's just another complementary and confirmatory teaching on that. So, okay, without further ado, let's go ahead and I'll start playing these clips. I believe the first one is just a little introductory clip. And so I just want to give that to you. I'm not ducking out, but let's get into it, Russ. You've interviewed, and you've not only interviewed, that's not the correct word. God has had you dealing in the realm of breaking the control of the powers of hell over people's life. And I'd like you, if you would, to start out tonight with sharing some of the different things that the people who are truly given over to the powers of darkness and what they've told you and what you've gleaned from the years of ministry to them. Would you do that? Okay, so just so you know, that's Steve Quayle talking. He's asking Russ Dizdar to uh, this question. Sure. We, um, well, we uh, began dealing with uh, demonization back in the 70s, and uh, when I first came to Christ in 1975, I came from a pagan background, and I was into Buddhism and, well, a lot of other occult things, but I didn't really, I wasn't in anything blood, or we didn't shed any blood, but in getting saved and coming to Christ and beginning to grow, well, in, in, in the work of evangelism, we encountered individuals that did have voices in their heads, things like that. That happened a number of times where some kind of presence threw somebody to the ground. It was really unnatural, really weird to see. And I was reading the Bible. I was brand new as a student. I was going off to Bible school, of course, reading everything utterly supernatural. But when you see these things, now I've seen people get saved and the power of God move, but in seeing the other side, it is quite, um, well, it's not only like the scripture shows, but it is it is real in your face when the demons come up in a person, take over their vocal cords, look through their eyes, and and, uh, and and literally verbally attack, if not try to use the body to physically attack. Um, the human has no power over that. If they've given over to it and they are possessed completely, uh, they are literally overtaken. And anybody dealing with them, if they don't know what to do and they have no higher authority... Obviously, they can get hurt. Um, things can happen. Weird things occur. But we've seen again and again and again the authority of Christ. It's the only thing the demonic has ever listened to that I've seen. And um, so we've seen it hundreds of times now, Steve, and we've seen it in some of the deep cases of what is considered transgenerational, you know, bloodlined uh, Satanism, uh, individuals that claim that they are part of the coming troops of Antichrist and they believe... And, and so I'll kind of break it down. There's popular Satanism, psycho-Satanism, dabblers out there. But there's the real Luciferians. People have used the word Illuminati, but there is the real sense of a bloodline that, that is going to uh, counterfeit the bloodline of Christ and uh, bring about what would be the most, outside of Christ, probably the most supernatural entity or being we've ever seen, and that will be the Antichrist. And uh, we're, we're living in the, the, the well, I would say the pinnacle, the, just before the rise of this. Well, okay, so that was a kind of his opening statement there. And this is what he's going to be talking about. And remember, Satan is the master counterfeiter. So we shouldn't be surprised to hear this. There, there's a lot of counterfeit um, things that are going on right now, even within pseudo-Christianity. A lot of these things where, you know... Um, Lying signs and wonders and miracles, which is going to be 
the chief way that the Antichrist and the false prophet will deceive the whole world. The Bible is very clear on that. Okay, what is going to be the nature of the lying signs and wonders and miracles? How is he going to perform these things? Uh, is it going to be some parlor trick? Or is it actually going to be good old-fashioned witchcraft at a, at a very, very high level? Uh, this is reality. This is what we should expect to be coming. Uh, it's very seldom talked about within the church, but you look at how society is being saturated and conditioned for this. The church is not being, the, 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 the uh, majority of people in a, let's say, a church building are not being conditioned that this is ever going to be a problem. A lot of them uh, believe, like, let's say, dominionist, oh, things are just going to get better and better, and we're, it's going to get so good that Jesus Christ is just going to have to come back and, and just set up his kingdom, and, and uh, you know, we're not going to go through that any kind of tribulation period. No, none of that's going to happen. So, there's a lot of different offshoots of uh, heresies that are going on right now, so much so that I can't even keep up with it all. It's impossible. Uh, but notice what he said. He said, the only thing that these demonic or fallen angelic entities ever respect consistently over and over is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only place, that is, that is the only uh, name that you can call upon which will vanquish them, which, by which you have authority. Uh, it doesn't work for Buddha or Muhammad, or uh, whatever Krishna, or whatever respective thing you, you're trying to call upon. If you call upon one of those things in order to protect you, understand they're all on the same side. <laughs> you're, you're call, it's like if, if Satan cast out Satan, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So, obviously that's not going to work, trying to call upon a devil to cast out a devil. Not to say that one devil couldn't suppress another devil in order to... Like, okay, for instance, let's say somebody goes to a satanic rock concert. I've said this example before. And they go up and they have a satanic altar call. Now, I'm telling you, this stuff has happened and it does happen. And I've heard of rock concerts where they said, okay, come up, everybody who wants to give your heart to Satan, you come up, and there are people that will come up there and they'll be crippled or they'll have an infirmity, and they go up there and they get healed. Now, how do you explain that? Is all healing good? Not if the healing that is occurring is, is leading you away from the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Remember, Satan is going to come up all lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles. Miracles. He's going to go around probably healing everybody. In as much as the Lord lets him get away. But remember, it's part of the strong delusion that God said he was going to send in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. For this cause, God will, will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. The essence of the strong delusion is most likely going to be these lying signs and wonders and miracles. Which is why the Bible says and why Jesus said that a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And this is why we don't want to be running after signs. We need to be content with the word of God with the finished work of the, in the King James Bible. We need to be content with that. I'm not saying the Lord can't you know, um, give you discernment or, 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 or open a door for you or speak. I'm not saying that he can't do that. But we have to always compare with whatever we're, we're feeling, thinking, because remember, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart can deceive you very easily. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. we got to be real careful about that. If... I'm not saying your heart will always deceive you because your heart could literally, if it lines up with the word of God, okay, 
that's fine. But if you're unsaved, that's highly unlikely that's going to happen. Um, calling upon the name of Jesus is something very consistently you see. It's the only thing that, that can um, really vanquish your enemy. Uh, Satan, the devils, the demons, these types of things. Uh, that's something that you need to know and that you have to have faith to believe. If you don't have faith to believe that, even if you're a born-again Christian, and you're calling upon the name of Jesus in, let's say, some type of demonic episode, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, if you don't have the faith behind it, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work out too good for you. Okay, um, It's very important to have faith. And um, just some things I, I wanted to mention before we go a little bit further. So, let's skip ahead here. We're going to skip to about the minute 27 and go a little bit further. I, the reason is, is it's three hours, and if I were to comment on that, we would be here all night. So let's go to 27 here. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue. To butcher one another. It will be such a... a, a a release of doc presence that pent up civil issues and social issues and racial issues and, and national issues, that will be, I mean, just pushing people over the edge, let alone what's been planned behind the scenes. It's going to be a time, like you said, catastrophic, supernatural, uh, and it's all about changing everything instantly and uh, formating, you know, formatting a whole new order because something is, is coming down the pike. Okay, so remember, the, their motto is Ordo Ab Cal, order out of chaos. It's the 33rd degree Mason motto. Ordo Ab Cal, order out of chaos. This is what the dark side is going about behind the scenes and has been going about for literally hundreds of years to bring about in the end times. Okay, And again, remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. None of this is taking him by surprise. He's perfectly capable of protecting his remnant. But you have to have the faith to believe he's going to protect you or to, worst case scenario, bring you through with whatever thing or trial that you have before you. Just You can't ever lose faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let's continue. And uh, I think all of hell knows there is a, the second coming of Christ. And uh, they're going to do everything they can uh, to stop that, and, and the world is, is is the battlefield. What do you think of Genesis 3.15 in the enmity? Because when you're counseling, what I've always noticed, and your experience is vastly greater than mine, the bottom line is, though, is the enmity that God put between two seeds. And I'm not talking about the serpent seed doctrine. I'm talking about Satan versus Jesus, and I'm talking about the battle of the cosmos and the thing is, is in your in your exit counseling and your uh, deliverance sessions for people who have been basically raised in what I would call hereditary uh, Luciferianism. You have another word for it. What do you call it when they're born and raised to serve Lucifer? Um, their term of themselves. Um, well, one of them is uh, Babylon working babies or or satanic warrior marks. Their primary term is chosen ones, okay. meaning chosen by Satan. Okay. Now, in, 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 we're going to take the quick break at the bottom of the hour. We'll do this for us, and we'll take a break at the top hour, but we're on for three hours tonight. In the, in the lady that you, and again, don't mention her name, but in the lady that you talked about, would you share as we go into the next half hour 
the, the different things that someone who was raised in that world, who ultimately was set free by the power of God, correct? Correct. Would you share what she shared with you through the years, and, and did you not counsel with her for a lot of years? Oh, sure. I mean, well, we've had, we've had over 200 individuals like her, but the one you're talking about, um, again, their cases are very similar. In every case, and hers particularly, too, um, they, are, they are birthed in the context of uh, satanic rituals. It's, they, they have parents, at least on one side, where there is, there are already, there's already a satanic or demonic attachment, possession. There are preconception rituals that are done uh, to ensure the transmission of the greatest demonic force possible. We'll get into the blood later, too, but it deals with um, the parenting, deals with their blood being, when they say pure, you know, we're talking, now again, when a Satanist says pure blood, or an Aryan says pure blood, we're talking about blood absence as much as possible of anything, you know, godly, uh, human. It, it means the idea of, we would say, contaminated or dirty blood. Like if you had a glass of water and put drops of uh, red dye and all of a sudden the water is turning darker and darker and darker. Their idea is if you can turn the blood darker and darker through the acquisition of demonic presence and charge the blood in the person more and more, when they then come together, you know, there's a conception that occurs, then the seed of the man, the egg of the woman, is charged demonically. The conception will then, again, their hopes is to create something like a Nephilim, but uh, they, want, they want to create uh, supercharged from the very moment of conception. They, listen, Luciferians understand the concept of, of conception, I think, better than Christians do. Absolutely, absolutely, because therefore could no Christian who is called by the name of Jesus Christ or even pays lip service to the living God go along with abortion. If they even understood the 139th Psalm, you know? I mean, exactly. I, I, I think, and, and look, here's the deal. Given the fact that these guys are so, uh, how should I say this, they are so assured, like someone says, they have more faith in what they're doing, and whether you want to call it faith or not, they, they literally are willing to do the most heinous, destructive things to go ahead and assimilate what I would call that, that transfusion from hell to the ultimate degree. By the way, we're going to skip the break, I think, at the bottom of the hour, so just let's just go for it. Now, notice how important this bloodline concept is. And, and if you've listened to my teachings in times past, you've heard a lot of this, where the Illuminati and the 13 families and the Merovingian bloodline, which was supposedly the bloodline from, from uh, Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene, which is a total lie from the pit of hell, but they're obsessed with this bloodline, look at what Hitler was obsessed with, the Aryan race, trying to come into the fifth root race, this super Aryan, you know, and this is what they're obsessed with, and they, they're they not just obsessed with it for no reason, there's real tangible reasons why they do this, uh, basically, if they can, if Satan, through them, can create a race of essentially totally demonically possessed people, and I mean literally demonically possessed just about from the womb. The Bible says that the wicked go astray from the womb, that they speak lies as soon as they be born. Okay, so you can literally be just demon-possessed and charged 
through generational witchcraft, through generational Satanism, um, you can actually create human beings like this. Now, I'm not saying they cannot be saved. That's between the Lord Jesus Christ and them. And I pray to God that if it be possible, their souls be saved. But the Bible talks about that um, when it refers to the wicked, that the wicked are vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction in Hebrews. Um, and that God created the wicked. Um, in fact, there's that verse in um, Psalm uh, 16. I'll go, I'll go there real quick and read that to you. So, And I've done a whole study on this, on the indigo and star children. I think it's the second part. Uh, if you want to know about any topic I may have taught on, you can go to my, uh, my homepage on Sermon Audio under Scott A. Johnson, and there's a little search box there. You can search for different things, different subjects. But the Bible says, and I'm sorry, it was Proverbs. Proverbs 16, verse 4, it says, The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. Now, I don't quite understand that. And there's a lot of people who says, oh, I, you know, I don't believe a loving God and, and would do that, and that's not fair, and this and that. Well, just remember, the Bible says that His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways, as, as high as the stars are above the heavens. His ways are higher. We can't comprehend what a omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God, we, we can't understand all of His thoughts and attributes, they're higher than we can comprehend. So, it's not something where we want to get mad at God. If you're a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, just praise the Lord Jesus Christ that you are that, and you're not in the other camp. And I'm not saying we, sh we shouldn't try to win people for the Lord, um, but I just wanted to bring that subject up, because the, what they're going to be talking about is extremely wicked, evil, demon-possessed to the toenails types of people and some of them, we're going to hear, actually did get saved, praise the Lord. Uh, so that's that in and of itself is, is you know, amazing. So let's go a little bit further here. Share with us now, the listeners, the experience you've had. And, I, and if there's a better one, that's just the one you shared with me, because you said something. Even when they hear the name of Jesus, when they hear about the blood of Jesus, they have to go through a purification ceremony, right? Well, yeah, especially if they have gotten, if they've been pulled out a little bit or if they've been engaging believers and they've heard the scriptures, because part of the development of a chosen one, uh, they, they not only were, not only did the conception occur in the context of dark power, they believe, whether we do or not, I'm just saying this is what they believe. They understand science like the Nazi doctors understood science. They've combined kind of a demonic science, technology, genetics concept in with the with the demonization and the creation of superhumans. Now, superhumans means demonized, both in the sense of possession, but also in the sense of what they would say call charged blood. Empowerment. A superhuman. Empowerment, totally. Which means that they might be born with powers of telekinesis, clairvoyance, these um, things that the demons or the spirits can give to people down the road temporarily or partially are now kind of embedded in them. Um, it okay, notice, these. he alluded to these supernatural powers. What are we being bombarded with regarding, you know, Hollywood, the movies, the, the uh, all of these shows on TV, books like Harry Potter? 
Supernatural empowerment. What is the source of that? Almost bar none every time. Witchcraft. You've got shows like Medium and Supernatural. And the, the list could go on and on and on. And Harry Potter and all of these other shows. It's always witchcraft. You know, um, using witchcraft supposedly for good. Like, medium. She talks, I believe, is that the one where they, like she talks to the dead? And she reconciles people from the dead so that they can go on to a better place. The only place that dead person that, that is being impostered went is most likely hell. I, I doubt that you're going to have a lot of born-again Christians having a lot of ghosts, supposed ghosts, uh, mimic them. And what this is, just so you know, and I've said this in times past, when you have a psychic supposedly talking to somebody like dear Aunt Mildred. Okay? It's not Aunt Mildred they're talking to. They're talking to a familiar spirit, as the Bible refers to them as. Why? Why do you say familiar spirit? Because that spirit was familiar with you and your life and your pattern and everything that you did, particularly if that familiar spirit was with you since birth. And many times that's the case. The sins of the forefathers are carried to the third and fourth generation. You can literally be born with these things. Even as a born-again Christian, it's still possible to have demonic baggage, okay? Um, I'm not saying to be demon-possessed, but to have demonic baggage. I mean, we are, we are Satan's, um, one of his chief targets on the planet as a born-again Christian. He's pretty much got everybody else. So it's very important to understand this concept. We're being totally, literally saturated with it. And um, it's by... It's, there's, it's no accident that that's the case. So let's go further. In a deeper and broader way. And when that, and even though they're children, or ch you know, that's why when you talk to anybody who knows working with satanic ritually abused people, they'll talk about being four and five, and they already knew about leaving the body. They knew about clairvoyance, powers. They were tested in the powers. They had trainings where they were tested against each other. Um, they, that's why... They, and when they get around pastors and counselors, people tell me constantly, I get headaches, I feel like I'm nauseated, I feel like I'm going to throw up. There's something emanating off of them. Okay, so he said some interesting things there. When these high-level occultists, and I believe the more wicked they are, the bigger problem they would have being around somebody like a born-again Christian, particularly somebody that would be invoking the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, utilizing it and really believing it, that is going to vex their souls and um, just a kind of an interesting point to uh, to think about they're actually brought up in this this is what they were trained from um, sometimes they traumatize these babies actually in the womb through various means and things that they do from birth they traumatize them what they're trying to do is by traumatizing them and particularly the worst way is actually by sexually abusing an infant which is what many of the things I've read that they do routinely, you are maximally defiling that little baby from the earliest possible age, maximally implanting devils and demons in them. And I mean, let's face it, if, if Satan, uh, it's like there's no, um, there's nothing Satan won't do. There's nothing, there's no depths where Satan won't go. And the more you're given over to Satan, the worst things that you're going to do and the worst things you're going to be called upon to do if you are a witch or a warlock or whatever you want to call yourself. Let's go further. This is more than just the normal singleton possession. This is deep-seated powers dwelling. Now, there's another level to this. 
they've learned through that technology how to take human, the human soul, the suke, it's called, the soulical side of man, and, and divide it up. Even the U.S. military has learned this principle. We'll talk about that later, too, maybe. But, um, and, and part of the reason is, is to, to make the demonic side stealth, to keep what's inside kind of like a sleeper. Okay, so what he's talking about right now is called MPD, multiple personality disorder or split personalities. MPD is a sign many times of a, um, of, of an, of a traumatized childhood, but it can also be a sign of Luciferian or Satanic upbringing where you have all of these different, what they call alters, alter personalities that you can literally access and you can actually be programmed. Now, Joseph Mengele and these Nazi scientists that we brought over via Project Paperclip, some of the main ones that uh, did the initial early research on this and um, in the Nazi concentration camps, they would they would they had all the subjects they could ever want, and they could kill them, and they had a fresh batch, you know, the next day. So they could do all these heinous things. Well, we brought them over via Project Paperclip after World War II. We brought over some of the rocket scientists, I believe Werner von Braun and, and Joseph Mengele, and these, particularly the, the ones that were at the concentration camps. I mean, I can't even imagine how demon possessed you'd have to be to do this to people and to children. But they were the ones that um, honed a lot of this MPD, multiple personality, split personality, monarch mind control slave programming. And they, they've they even declassified some of these documents on the monarch mind control and admitted, our government's admitted they've done this um, through things like the CIA and, and um, black projects and things of this nature to create many of these people that we're going to be talking about today. They have all of these different altars, and they can be accessed through different programming. Fritz Springmeier did a tremendous amount of work regarding uh, this. He wrote several books on this. And he's in, I don't know if Fritz is even alive still. I, I, I got ten personal letters from Fritz from prison. And um, he's done several books on this, and you can go up on the internet and even read some of the books for free. You can't really buy them, most of them, because they've, made sure that they're all burned and, and gotten rid of, the Illuminati. But a lot of the PDFs are actually up online. You can read the whole book or save it to your computer if you feel compelled or led to know more about this particular subject. But he's not the only one that's wrote on it. Uh, this is how they practice their religion. And you can have somebody that literally is a totally normal person, brought up in this, and they, they have their altar, their normal altar, they go about their day-to-day -day life, and then all of a sudden, one day, they go nuts. And they bring a machine gun in and kill a whole bunch of little school kill children and their teacher for no reason whatsoever. And then, isn't it funny that when that happens, they always shoot themselves in the head? Isn't it funny they always kill themselves? Why? Because then, once the job or the mission has been done, the suicide altar comes to the thing and they, they kill themselves. I mean, it's... It's, isn't it kind of funny that when these things happen and they are, they're happening with a greater frequency around America, typically it's not only to create more chaos and havoc, but it's also to take away our gun rights. See, it's the guns that are bad. It's the guns that made everybody... Do. If people were actually armed, like they are in um, Marietta, Georgia, where they are... Is it... It's Kennesaw, I believe, Kennesaw, where they, they have... Um, they want everybody to actually have guns. 
whenever you have that environment, you will have an extremely low crime rate. Okay, because the lawful people are in possession of them. The criminals, if all guns are taken away, then the criminals are the only ones that end up having them. And they know you don't have a gun, so then they come and get you because they have a gun. I'm not saying it happens across the board, but whenever you have that in a society, uh, Britain, Australia are great examples, crime rate goes through the roof. Okay, because the criminals will always find a way to get guns. Um, but these are mind control slaves many times that are doing these things where they're going in, they're killing all these people, and then they turn around and they kill themselves. Okay, just so you know, that's a program, that's an altar. Um, probably somebody from the monarch mind control era. Uh, and I'm sure that they've honed it down and refined it and it's become more technical now. So anyway, let's go further. That when they come to rituals and come to their meetings, everything can come out. They can be in their own place. That's why they're so secretive. They can't have... See, they can't have Christians around. They, that's why some of the uh, military projects... You've heard the stories, too, where they, they just cannot have a real believer in some of the dark, sinister projects. I'll tell you a good... Ex- yeah, let me tell you a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Special Forces gentleman... Actually, that's not true. Special Operations commander was in uh, Dulce, underground. Dulce is basically a lot of things, but it's an underground military base where they have captive giants for the people that doubt this. But it was interesting because when the demons are around, even some of the military guys who have kept their face sort of silent have said under their breath, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And these things have scattered like, uh, you know, turning the light on with Maz. And they've, they've taken that... Christian out of there almost immediately, you know, so that the, so that people don't realize that Jesus wasn't pulling our legs. He is not the author of uh, deception when he said, "Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions." Interesting, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I mean, I have heard literally hundreds of eyewitness accounts by men and women in the intelligence agencies, former intelligence agencies, not what exists today, and, and the military that have said that even under their breath they rebuke these things because they're, they're presented with some of the most horrific experiments and seeing, you know, combination human-animal hybrids and, you know, I mean, just the most gory stuff that even Hollywood hasn't accurately pictured to date. And you know the gore that comes out of there. So the fact is, is that this authority that's inherent in the believer, because, Russ, my prayer is, and I've got intercessors all over the world praying for this three-hour broadcast, is that people will understand what a wonderful, glorious gift the living God has given to his people through the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that going into these most torrentially tormentous, horrid, wicked, supernaturally charged, perverse times that God's people will not lack if they know how to fight the battle. And what you're giving them is you're giving them basically tonight, you're giving them battle instructions by giving an understanding. They cannot fight that which they do not know, and they've got to know that the weapons that they have are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, both in lives and also strongholds we'll be encountering in the physical realm. Okay, amen. I mean, that's exactly what big reason I have my ministries. What he just stated there, he kind of reiterated what what I'm stating, and um, this battle is going to become more real and more real as it gets more and more wicked. There's going to be a certain sect of Christianity that it's going to get to a point where the strong delusion is going to be so bad, they're just going to fall away. They're, they're, they're not, I don't believe they were ever saved. 
okay? They're just going to fall away. It's going to be too much for them. They've been lied to way too long. They've been way too passive, way too lazy for way too long. And they're not going to want anything to do with this. They're going to cow down. They're going to take the mark of the beast. They're going to do whatever it takes to save their own skin. That's what it's going to boil down to for a lot of people. Right now, in America, calling themselves Christians. Now, I do believe there's a certain amount of them that will wake up. And, you know, praise the Lord for what Steve just said. That is the truth. But you got to believe it's the truth. you got to have that faith in Jesus Christ. Now, he mentioned some things about uh, the Dulce base. He called it Dulce. You can call it Dulce. Uh, New Mexico, and the there is um, a lot of uh, reports that have come out of that, saying that there is a gigantic underground base there, one of the many that are around America and around the world. They're connected through various tunnels. They've got tunnel boring machines now that are actually nuclear powered. They can actually melt the rock, and when it melts it, it's essentially the the walls are like black glass almost. They're very strong. And they can go and they can connect these tunnels one to another. Dulce is one of the most horrific bases from everything that I've ever seen. Uh, there's been a lot of, a ton of UFO sightings. There. In fact, people that live there, sometimes I've heard accounts where they say, we see them nightly. Cattle mutilations, uh, a lot of very, very weird stuff has went on at Dulce Base. And um, he had mentioned that they have giants in stasis there. Now the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what was going on in Noah's day? Genesis 6, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they were fair, they took them wives, all that they chose, and they bore them giants in those days. And the Bible says it's going to be that way. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have exact reproduction, a replica of Genesis 6 in the exact same way. It seems as though the way that it's going to happen in today's day and age, because we've been so conditioned to the whole alien UFO thing, that that is going to be the version of the Nephilim, which the Bible talks about the giants, which is translated Nephilim, which means fallen ones. That's more the version that we may encounter in the present day and age. At least that's the way Hollywood has prepositioned things. Um, how much we're actually going to see literal physical giants, I don't know. We might, but just to understand something, it doesn't matter if it's a giant, it doesn't matter if it's a fallen angel, it doesn't matter if it's an alien, supposed alien. It doesn't matter if it's a satanic super soldier. You still have been given more power through the Lord Jesus Christ, His precious shed blood, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible says, it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. You're going to have to have that kind of faith going into the day and times we're, we're coming into. Now, I can't give it to you. The only one that can give it to you is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't feel as though you have that kind of faith, or let's say you just got saved and you're just hearing this, um, you need to get into the Word of God. You, you, because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's how you build your faith. Okay, Memorize scripture. Uh, get into the King James Bible. Do not mess with the other versions out there. The King James Bible is the Bible for today. It, it is the Word of God for today in the English language. Okay, The other ones spawned from a corrupt seed. Uh, virtually all of them. And I've done several teachings on the King James Bible you can access. Uh, that's very important, because if you take a um, wet noodle into battle, which would be like taking an NIV, New International Version, that removes 64,098 words from the King James, then you're going to have a lot of problems. Okay, um, You want to make sure you take the sword of the Spirit into battle if you're going to do this. And um, I've even got a... Uh, 
a teaching I did on altered King James Bibles that you can access uh, up on Sermon Audio, uh, counterfeit King James. Not totally counterfeit, but there's some words that they've changed, and you can you can look at that if you like. Um, anyway, this is just something that, um, you know, obviously you can't verify if there's giants in what they call stasis, or uh, aliens that they that are our government has been working with in these underground bases. I did a whole teaching on what they call the Grenada Treaty. Um, before you can access that, I believe a very strong case can be made for these supposed Nephilim uh, uh, creatures, demonically possessed containers, is, is essentially how I would refer to them, uh, working with our government at the highest levels in black projects in order to bring about the New World Order and the arrival of the Antichrist. And it's all interconnected, okay? But I have heard... In fact, I've heard a first-hand account from a colonel I knew. I, I went up to uh, North Carolina for uh, about five days, spent with him and his wife, and uh, he told me the exact same thing Steve just said, that when he would um, get near uh, the these things, if he started to uh, use the name of Jesus Christ, or they would go nuts. I'm talking like, it's like you threw battery acid on them. Um, Steve Quayle, who was just talking there, has wrote several books, um, or, or not several, he's got one book on the Giants, and uh, done a lot of research on that, and he paints a pretty strong case that these things are being kind of kept in waiting for the day of evil. Now, you can imagine, if these types of things were released, okay, um, and we had, let's say, that in conjunction with a false flag nuclear event, World War III between uh, Israel and the Middle East and those countries, and let's say we had a uh, uh, H5N1 uh, swine avion flu. Steve is even talking about that they've actually uh, engineered Ebola into this thing. We'll see. It's up. You know, it's it's up to what the Lord will let them do. Um, if they had their chance, if they had their way, they would have implemented all this a long, long time ago, probably in like 1984. So, the Lord's pushed this back very much. He's perfectly capable of pushing it back further, but there's going to be some point where he's going to allow it to go forth to a certain extent. So, let's uh, let's go forward here. Absolutely. And, and, and even though we talk about this ramping up, which needs to be talked about, see, what happened in Nazi Germany when that spiritism and the full society and the belief in the power of the will and the energy and so forth, when all that occurred, and... and you, you got 8,000 pastors, according to Bob Rosier. He wrote a book called Hitler and the New Age. He tells in the book about 8,000 pastors, 200 formed resistance. Um, it's incredible how a movement, both spiritual, political, national, can, can, can suck people in. So that's part of our issue, too, that it's going to be, again, out of... You think in terms of uh, Katrina or even 9-11... People just wanted other people to help them. People just wanted a bottle of water. People just wanted to, to get away, you know. So when you think in terms of culture-wide catastrophic events, including the, uh, you know, damaging the food chain, uh, shutting off at, at, at some length uh, the power grids, the chaos that will erupt on the, erupt on this street uh, from from what I believe is is planned uh, satanic super soldiers. The bloodshed, the martial law, the sabotage in U.S. military, the sabotage across the board, there's going to come a collapse 
with, but that, listen, this demonic, here's what's true about Christianity, real biblical Christianity. In the book of Acts, there is no unleashing of the church without Pentecost. Everybody that preached the gospel, led people to Christ, saw signs and wonders, they were filled, clothed with the Holy Spirit. All the book of Acts is a great, great manual for right now. 30-year history. The safest place to be is in being clothed with God's power and being active uh, as a believer in Christ. The worst place to be is living in fear and lack of knowledge, shivering somewhere. That's the worst place to be. When the church was commanded and threatened to shut up, Acts chapter 4, they gathered together, quoted scripture, prayed. Such power came down, it shook the building, and they continued. So it's not that this isn't going to be answered in the context of the worst. You know, the battle has been going on behind the scenes, Steve, but we're going to see the physical manifestation, the distinct physical manifestation of this spiritual battle in the physical realm. We're going to see people that are literally, just like I see spirit-filled Christians clothed with power, I see, it's like seeing Christ on them and a power on them and they're able to do great things. We're going to see individuals clothed, empowered demonically, supernatural abilities, uh, and loving it. They're going to want it. The mark of the beast and the worship of the image coming is going to involve that. You cannot be marked or worship that image without spirit acquisition. In other words, if you take the mark of the beast and you worship the image of the beast, he said spirit acquisition. I believe what he's trying to say there is demonic possession. I mean, it's not just getting a microchip in your right hand or your forehead or, or however that may play out. It's spiritual acquisition. You're actually acquiring demons, and most likely very strong. And if you get the mark of the beast, the Bible says, you know, your, your destiny is the lake of fire. There's no... There's no Tim LaHaye book like they've got left behind where, well, as long as you, you take the mark of the beast, you really didn't mean it, it's okay. No, the Bible doesn't say that at all. And this is why it's very important what version you're reading, because a lot of the, these other versions water things down, and you're not getting the full truth. The Bible says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Jesus first talked about leaven as beware of the doctrine which Hebrew was referring to as leaven, specifically. He said, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He said that specifically to the disciples. What's well, bad doctrine? It's what you're getting with a lot of the false Bible versions. They've watered everything down. Um, they've got some versions so bad you can't even get saved out of them. Like, you know, I heard that one, the inclusive version, where they refer to Jesus Christ as the one. The Bible talks about there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus Christ. You can't refer to him as the one. Okay, it's very important what name you're using as well. Um, so, anyway, let's go a little bit further here. Uh, actually, no, that was, the, that was the end of that one particular clip. Now, we're going to go ahead and go to hour two next. Okay, so this is the seven-minute mark of hour two of this teaching of uh, Steve Quayle and Russ... Dizdar, uh, Steve Quayle, it's, I believe, stevequayle.com, but his name is not exactly spelled like you think it might be spelled, um, and I think it's Q-U-A-Y-L-E or something like that, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have it right in front of me, but um, then Russ Dizdar is Shatter the Darkness, that's his, and if you do some keyword searches, you'll find, you'll find them, uh, they both got pretty, very extensive websites as well, so this, let's go ahead and go with this 
This is Steve Quayle talking. From the warning phase into the army of the Lord phase, into preparing the people of God for the greatest onslaught in history, even beyond what the prophets long to look into, because we're talking about battlefield earth, and I want to go right into it now. I want you to share, again, anything you feel led to, obviously anything you feel checked not to, don't, but the immediacy of what we're facing, because we've got a G20 meeting that's happening in uh, in uh, at Pittsburgh, okay? And the thing is, is that the occult ceremonies that are going to be there, I can tell you, I've been uh, just privileged to have a little uh, insight and a, a little information given to me, and I can tell you this, that the most powerful warlocks in the world, the most powerful princes of darkness, uh, I'm not only, not only talking about the human or, quote, possessed entities, I'm talking about it seems like all hell is showing up in uh, Pittsburgh. And a lot of people said to me that that's in preparation for the ultimate blood sacrifice of the killing of 25 to 50 million Americans. Again, those numbers are coming from top military active duty generals. Would you like to uh, respond? Now, Steve has a lot of very high-level contacts, contacts I don't have. And um, he's been doing this a lot longer. He has just very... Uh, high-level contacts, and again, this could be accomplished, this culling could be accomplished probably the best way, where they could come out smelling like a rose the best, potentially would be the vaccination issue. That's if enough people don't really find out the truth, okay? But there is a lot of people finding this out uh, up to this point. Now, we're already on the other side of this G20 meeting, and I look at the fruit of this, and I saw all the horrific reports coming out of there, where they had their, you know, jack-booted thug stormtrooper uh, military there, uh, over a thousand. They greatly outnumbered all the people there, and they're dressed in full battle gear, and they're there taking, they have their clubs, and they're beating them on their shields. I mean, it's pure, like, it, it's like Nazi Germany. It, it, it's, it's total intimidation. These people were peacefully protesting. There was like a couple anarchists there that were trying to stir up strife, but a lot of those may actually be, um, you know, um, with the government that's actually doing this so that they can have a, an excuse to um, attack people. And they did. They attacked people. Uh, there was one horrific story after another of what happened to people that were there. And some of them weren't really even there for the de demonstration. They were just, it was on, it was right next to the, uh, or within the uh, campus at Pitt, uh, Stanford, Pittsburgh, and a lot of them got, uh, a lot of the uh, people that went to the college there um, were harmed and in, in, uh, manhandled, and, and a lot of people um, were thrown in jail. Uh, I know a lot of them had a lot of substantial injuries. They used all types of, uh, they used a uh, acoustic sound beam weapon on them. Uh, it, it was just, it's just unbelievable. It's like free speech is gone in America, and uh, you don't have any right to peacefully protest things anymore. But let's go further. If it is in fact that the globals have denounced or decided this is the time to destroy America, and we're always seeing it taken apart piece by piece, morally, financially, ethically, what are your thoughts on that? Because you're the one that basically shattering the darkness, the greatest assembly of darkness is going to take place, uh, you know, what, the week of the 20th through the 24th of September. Well, it's interesting, too, that you bring up Pittsburgh. Let me just, uh, when I go back over the years that we've dealt with what are called chosen ones, these are the ones that are trained to be satanic super soldiers, they have 
deep powers. They they believe again, whether anybody believes it or not, they believe they've been created to be these assassins, these killers. These you know they're going to come out. Um, and don't forget, there's at least four million or more diagnosed cases of multiple personality disorder that 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 connects to satanic ritual abuse. Colin Ross, the psychiatrist, says maybe up to ten million. So we're talking about vast numbers that have been developed over the last 40 to 50 years. When you mention Pittsburgh, the reason I, I'm interested now more than ever, I've been in Pennsylvania probably about 50 times. Now, before we go further, just notice, if there is 4 million, and they're just kind of waiting in the wings, whenever, let's say, the switch gets pulled, I mean, and they come out of the woodwork, can you imagine the kind of chaos they could inflict on humanity, just that by itself. That's natural disasters aside. That's avian swine flu pandemic thing aside. That's really, in a way, World War III aside. I'm just talking about individuals that could come out and do damage. Uh, you can imagine what this world is going to uh, potentially be like. Now, the Bible predicts this is going to happen, so I'm not saying all this so everybody can get upset and, and lose faith and lose heart. It's a confirmation of the Bible. I want this to build your faith, not to, not to hurt it. The Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable of carrying us through whatever thing that we have that, are, that is facing us. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. So... But we need to be aware of these things. We don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't want to um, be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 We don't want to be ignorant of these things. And that's what we're trying to do today is just educate. Let's go further. We have gone into Pennsylvania to deep, dark, um, satanic ritual spots and dug up bones and brought them back to the university. We've taken teams into Pennsylvania numerous times to retrieve chosen ones to engage the ancient brotherhood. The internment camps, the German internment camps were there by the end of the war. At the end of the war, these kind of Germans were released and given new names. They then began to bring over through the rat lines their people. Pennsylvania is one of the biggest hot spots, Steve. I, I, we have been, we have spent 10 to 12 years now with, with small teams We've been praying into Pennsylvania for over, well, I would say 12 years now. It's targeted prayers, areas. We've been to churches that have been decimated by infiltration, satanic warfare, covens that have learned to take out the testing of their powers on local churches. All through Pennsylvania, we've had chosen ones, powerful ones, deceiving ones come to us. Notice what else is in Pennsylvania, the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. Now, notice he said that they've had these chosen ones come to us, or, or churches that they've been to in Pennsylvania, and they've been taken out. That, shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't the church be taken out? The, but it's not that way, because the church, the modern-day 501c3 corporate church of America that's yoked itself up with the government and the Internal Revenue Service, who actually gave them and gives them, on a daily basis, their right to exist as a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. I mean, if that's your head... How are you going to really, I mean, don't you think that's going to open you up to deception and, and uh, uh, maybe affect your power through the Lord Jesus Christ? Whether you're aware of it or not, they're not reading the right Bible. They, they've been, you know, put in seminary and told that, oh, well, that's, there's a better rendering here or this is better. 
they don't really have any faith. They're not grounded in the Word of God because of that. So they've had their faith ruined many times with seminaries. Not every time, but many times. Much damage has been done there. So you have those two issues alone that have spiritually gelded the church. And then there's all of the other nonsense that takes place in the church that I don't have to have time to get into. But it's no wonder they've been able to come in and do this unchecked. Charismatic churches are probably the easiest to infiltrate because they can go in there, witches, and I've read accounts of this, where they can go in there, uh, a witch or witches can come in as a new member and act like they're a Christian and play the game. And everybody's praying in tongues and they're praying in their tongues because it's well known that tongues can have a very demonic component as well. I understand there is a spiritual, biblical tongues that the Bible talks about. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that literally, that are occultists and pagans and witches that pray in another tongue. It's a false tongue. Okay? And they're there, and they're basically literally um, inside the church, bringing curses on the church through demonic tongues, and... It's no wonder, you know, the charismatic churches are so uh, easy to infiltrate from that standpoint. You really couldn't get away with that in, in a Baptist church. I'm not saying that, you know, Baptists are perfect or anything, but harder, be hard, a little bit harder to get away with that particular aspect of it. The, church, the charismatic church that um, I had went to, and I told you this study in my Supernatural Testimonies thing, uh, study that we did, they were coming in between services, and they were putting bones and ashes not only was everybody praying in tongues there, and it was an absolute total mess from top to bottom, but they were literally putting bones and ashes on the pews between the services. I'm not lying. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you exactly. And these are the same people that tried to kill me because I came against them with a group of Christians there. And um, they they put, a, if not one, I, multiple death curses on me. And then, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, he delivered me from it. And if you want to hear that testimony, it's on the uh, other teaching that I did. But... Uh, I learned early on this battle's real. And when you overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, and that's what the Bible talks about, how we overcome and how we uh, uh, overcome Satan, uh, when you overcome through these things, it builds your faith because you see it works. But I can't give that faith to you. You have to kind of, it's like your faith has to be exercised and it's like a muscle. And um, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing, really, when it happens. Um, it's not fun to suffer or, or go through things that maybe would be considered um, like that. But, you know, when you get out on the other side, you're a better person for it. Your faith's built. And then you can go on and, and do even uh, bigger and better things for the Lord according to His will in your life. So uh, just some things to think about as, as we're going through this. Jolly West, uh, Dr. Orn, founders, you know, that were CIA mind control specialists. We have throughout Pennsylvania, and we've also done this, we've gone in without saying it ahead of time, and then come out to say what we've found. It's kind of like, again, Pennsylvania is a beautiful place. I was invited to come to Lidditz, Pennsylvania, because there was a psych psychologist that was sued by an individual that he worked with 10 years. They won the case. They got $300,000. Uh, this doctor I heard about, I was so burdened about, I finally got in contact with. He wanted to meet me. I went clear to Lidditz through a really, really providential, you know, door that opened up. Uh, we're being taken around Lidditz, Pennsylvania, by a, a girl that was raised in satanic ritual. She was showing me sites and places where rituals were done and who was involved, including, again, please understand, they love to use church buildings. And I was standing right in front of the psychologist's office. I didn't even know it. 
as they were showing me these ritual spots and places where she was abused, they took me to all these numerous places. And and as I was traveling six hours by myself to get there, I was, see, for six hours I cried out loud, I prayed out loud, all the way through because the beautiful land has been so, in those caves, because I even asked one of the law enforcement people that were chosen ones, why Pennsylvania? Caves, good hiding places, all kinds of places that have been used. And I would say thousands of these chosen ones in deep satanic rituals have been have been created, raised, trained, and are prepared, and they're there. They talk about Pennsylvania being broken down into four quadrants. And there's a hierarchy of leadership. So to have this kind of meeting in Pittsburgh, there is, it's like, you know, like if you were, if you were planning to do a great big crusade, if I was planning to do a great big crusade somewhere, you know, we put all the time and effort. I'm going to have prayer team members praying. I'm going to have people down there. Even when I'm invited to go to conferences sometime, if they're, if they're only like a five, four or five hour drive, I've driven down to pray over the area, take people with me. They do this, Steve. They take their people and do rituals prior. They will plan rituals during it. They will plan um, all kinds of things to empower their purpose. They're, they can't advance without the powers, and they can't get the powers without the rituals. So, in other words, they're taking their religion, witchcraft, very, very seriously. I mean, they're, this is their life. And uh, they're getting results from these rituals that they're doing, um, whether it be ceremonial magic or, or uh, witch covens coming together and praying, uh, working witchcraft, they're getting results. I mean, how could we deny that they're not getting results? Look at how wicked and corrupt the world is becoming. It's, it's in part due to these things. It's in part to them literally invoking these wicked spirits, demons and devils and fallen angels through various, what they would term as portals, into our dimension. Um, so that they can come here and defile humanity. And if you doubt that, well, you have to just look at Aleister Crowley. This is one of the main things he was obsessed with where, when he brought through that uh, fallen angelic entity called Awas, I believe was, was his name. It looked a lot like a gray alien. And then L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that started Scientology, and um, uh, that Parsons guy, the, the um, Jet Propulsion Laboratories, uh, how they did the Babylonian working and, th- and, bought, and brought through it what they termed as the Whore of Babylon. This is very real. And these things are coming through these portals and aiding. And then we have the biblical example of the um, of like the locusts and, and these things being released out of the abyss during Revelation. So we have that as an example. Uh, this is kind of leading up to that. So it's very real to them. And... Uh, when you have these covens out there, one of the things that I didn't mention before is that typically if you're in one of these covens, one of your assignments will typically be to be in a Christian church, to become a member, and to do as much as you can to create as much havoc, chaos, backbiting gossip, if, you can, if you're a woman to try to sleep with the pastor or somebody in leadership, if you're a man, you know whatever you can do, 
not only from a witchcraft standpoint, but through actually to try to split that church up, particularly if there's soul winning involved. I've seen Sat- ex-Satanists interviewed, and they, and they admitted this freely, that, that are now born-again Christians. They admitted this freely. Um, that one uh, film from Jeremiah Films, and I know there's a big problem with Chuck Smith now, but there were some previous films they did that were very good, one on Halloween and one on uh, Satanism, and they interview a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of ex-Satanists, and they were very matter-of-fact, and they were born up as little kids, and they were you know, at some point involved in a coven, and they were told, okay, you go to this church and you do whatever you can do to split it up, destroy it, whatever, for, for Satan's kingdom. So this is going on all the time. And um, people aren't, Christians are not aware of this. Or if they are aware of it, they don't want to be aware of it. They, they want to just uh, act as though this doesn't happen. Because, you know, the Satanist isn't going to come through the door with, you know, a, a pitchfork and two horns and a pointy tail and hooves. He doesn't typically come through the door that way. He comes through, and he could look like, you know, the most well-mannered, nicely dressed, be it male or female. In fact, they're probably going to go out of their way to do that. And that way you let your guard down. And because there's such little discernment in the typical church, churches nowadays in America, not not every, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but it's just not very prevalent, um, they're able to infiltrate very easily. Let's go further. So let's say this. Let's say that given the this feeling, Russ, that everybody's got the discernment, the sensing, the times, arguments, is this a tribulation? Are we right up close to it? Everything. Then if it's if there is going to be a slaughter, and they, these are their words, okay? I have I have information from deep within different areas that have been given to me. I don't ask names, but when I get three people who are absolutely positions to know, validating the same thing. If something so horrific that 25 to 50 million Americans or more are going to be offered through the initiation of an Ebola, i.e. a hemorrhagic flu, not the H1N1, but one they got to have their blood, and they're all gathering in Pittsburgh, would that be indicative to you, based on your uh, knowledge of ritual, satanic, or satanic ritual abuse, and the whole... Uh, if you will, the whole realm of the occult, would that not speak that then rituals would be required to be uh, uh, participated in and initiated there? And for the record, this is going to be the most well-secured and guarded area in the history of the world. Okay, so before I let uh, Russ answer that, uh, he's asking if this, what he believes to be the coming hemorrhagic, meaning they've found a way to actually splice Ebola into the probably a combination H5N1, which was the bird avian flu, which I talked about back in 05, um, quite a bit about. It has a very high kill rate, the H5N1. If they were able to actually combine the H5N1 avian flu with the Ebola, and maybe H1N1, who knows, and release it, it would be more of a hemorrhagic in nature, meaning Ebola, you actually bleed. Okay? Understand what that would be like to a Satanist. That it's it's how they would view war. If you go into war and you have somebody like the Rockefellers, who are through Standard Oil are supplying oil to both sides, the Nazis and the Americans, and they're killing one another. What what that means to the Rockefellers, who's who's like let's say Illuminati. What that means to them is wow, great, we've got massive blood sacrifices on a daily basis. 
not only are we getting rich off the oil and the ammunition and all the other stuff we're, we're doing, because we're primarily the vehicle or the engine to supply the war, whether it be coal, oil, steel, whatever, because all the people that, that own those types of companies at that level are typically Illuminati, the thir- 13 families, or, or offshoots of that. They're accomplishing two things. They're getting filthy rich, and a lot of people are dying. And it's creating a lot of misery. And I mean, think of the families that, okay, dad's gone. He's, he's dead. He got shot and killed. And uh, all the wars are essentially this way that, that we have had, um, particularly you know in the last 150 years. Satanists, you have to understand, Satanists... Generational Luciferians, the people that are literally at the top of the food chain, view that as a gigantic sacrifice to Satan. And if there's blood involved, like there would be with bullets or like there would be with hemorrhagic flu, all the better. Because now they've accomplished, you know, they've killed two birds with one stone, essentially, in their way of thinking. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to let... Russ Speaker, we're going to have to go to part two pretty soon here, but I'm going to try to let him get in some time here. Now, I mean, and it's fascinating today, just for the record, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed out, I think, what, uh, 96.66, okay? So you've got the ninth month and 666. These people are big on their uh, images and on their symbolism. So saying all that, does it not seem strange that, or would it not be strange to expect that there would be, and I, these are my words, monstrous rituals involving blood sacrifice in that area? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, Monday night, this Monday night, the 7th, is called Marriage to the Beast, Sacrifice and Dismemberment, Infants to 21-Year-Old Females. September 21st is the Midnight Host. Dismemberment is called the Hands of Glory, Seeking Powers for the Power of Invisibility to Stay Cloaked. It involves again, uh, and we dealt. With, we got called in uh, by a by a high-powered attorney here locally in a case in September, uh, where a woman was brutally, uh, you know, murdered, stabbed, cut, killed, you know, over a period of an hour or two hours long, and then finally killed and their hands cut off. They never did find the hands. We were involved in that case, and now the sec- September 22nd is feast day, so you're talking about a meeting that's going to occur. And any time you see any kind of meeting or globalist meetings, check the, the, the satanic calendar dates and watch that they're not, you know, holding them purposely around power days uh, that are known. They're known to be power days. The demons expect to be engaged in those power days. The Satanists, um, that's part of their, their litany, per se. They, that's when they're going to do their stuff. Okay, now, what he's talking about there... Satanists and these types of people that uh, participate in this are do everything by the calendar. Okay, there are certain days and certain times that they will be able to cast a spell in a much stronger way. Or and or Satan and his devils and his demons and the fallen angels require certain things on certain dates to keep them appeased. It's just like you know these pagan cults where you know like let's say in Hawaii where they would offer you know, people to the volcano god in order to appease the volcano god. It's the same way now, it's just done a little bit differently when it comes to high-level Satanism. He mentions specific dates and the requirements in high-level Satanism for those specific dates. I've got 
one of the satanic, uh, if you just go up on the internet and you key in satanic ritual abuse calendar, just see what it comes up. But the one I'm looking at here, um, like it starts with um, January 1st, New Year's Day, Druid Feast Day, January 7th, Saint Winebald Day, Blood Ritual, uh, January 17th, Satanic Revels, which is a sex ritual. And then you have the grand, grand climax on January 26th, which involves... Oh, no, that's... No, I'm sorry. January 20th is St. Agnes Eve, kidnapping, sacrifice. Um, and then uh, grand climax, January 26th. Sex, rituals, human sacrifices. And, I mean, it goes on and on and on for every single month. This is their calendar. This is their holiday system. This is a holy day to them. And what we've done in America is we've paganized, we've Christianized the pagan holidays, like Xmas and Ishtar, I mean Easter, and all of these other ones that are supposedly, you know, a Christian in nature, or Easter and, and Xmas in, to begin with. I've done whole teachings exposing Easter, Xmas, I don't like to call it Christmas, um, because really all it is is repackaged Saturnalia, the birth date of Tammuz, the sun god, not the birth date of the son of God, Jesus Christ. We don't. We shouldn't have anything to do with any of that garbage. Okay, you cannot. Um, it's like trying to put um, perfume and earrings and eye makeup on a pig. It doesn't work. We shouldn't have anything to do with that garbage. And it's grievous to the Lord Jesus Christ when we as Christians come along and say, "Oh, we're going to use it for Jesus." Like they've gone so far as to use, you know, Halloween for that. Now. Understandably, if you were to pass out tracks on Halloween, okay, in order as a witnessing tool, I don't have a problem with that, okay. But when you actually celebrate it and you're actually actively participating in it, the highest, it's it's really really considered Lucifer's birthday, okay. It's when the veil they believe between the spirits worlds are are at its thinnest, and and that's a understand when you when you celebrate on those particular days, typically speaking. From high-level Satanists, they will be sacrificing human beings or animals at bare minimum. Many times, infants. And you'll say, "Oh, well, okay. Where where do all these these infants and human beings come from?" There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that turn up missing or are abducted every year. But what they'll do is they'll get them from the fringes of society, street urchin, like they would call them, children or. Uh, homeless people, or what they also have are these satanic breeder mothers, that women that get pregnant within a satanic coven just so that they can have the baby, just so that it can be sacrificed. Happens all the time. Okay? So, and in these underground bases, people that have actually been there and saw these uh, levels where they actually had humans literally in cages, and or sometimes in some type of stasis device. If we, when we get on the other side, you know, with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, we are going to be absolutely flabbergasted and shocked, if he permits us to see it, how we were so deceived and duped, including myself, because I don't think any of us really have a clue the depths of Satan that go on, not only in America, but around the world, underground, in satanic coven meetings. Uh, I did that whole study on pedophilia. I mean, that, that's... that. That move, that whole teaching was so grievous to even try to do, but it's reality. And if we don't know about it, how do we pray against it? 
I mean, you know, you're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You don't even know to, to, to pray against it if you don't know what's going on. So this is why we should, um, you know, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to reprove them, and as the Bible says later, to make them manifest, to shed light on them. So let's go ahead, we're going to go to part two of this teaching next, and we'll let Russ continue.